0: Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're gonna go down, insights, opinions, conversation, New releases from Craft Impero and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this episode. Mahalo.
1: Better at it as they're making more of them.
0: Yeah. So what we do we need get? To more. Pay them
1: to make some more.
0: Um, do we just have to cover the cost of the ashtray, and then we just got to supply stickers and labels? So they buy the ashtray, then they do the bottom. Yep. They put they put that felt on the bottom and all that jazz. Cool. So. All right, what's up, what's up, Craft and Pure, welcome back to the podcast, this is The Viking. And I am the Bourbon Cowboy,
1: as I just uncorked a bottle. Uncorked. was not that what I said? Yeah, that what? is what
0: you said. I'm trying to think if there is actually a podcast named Uncorked. I would bet. You would think, right? Maybe that just kind of seems obvious, maybe? Yeah. Possibly? I don't know. All right, well, we're coming to you from the uh, Slap Together Craft Imperial Pure Studio for now. Yeah. What are we calling this the, though? Slapped together. Corner? It's corner. like Crafton Puro
1: down under. Down. I mean, down, down in the back. It's like the down and under bunker. The Kraft yeah. and Puro bunker. Because literally, we're safe
0: down here. We are. Nothing can get us down here. Nothing Tornadoes, down
1: here. whatever. Yeah, nothing. Fogs might be an issue. They could shoot through the door probably. Yeah, they probably really got on it.
0: Actually, but. yeah. You know what? I, I don't need history repeating itself. I'll be right
1: there. <laughs> they're they're wanting in here. They want to be on this show really bad, so yeah, they're I'm like whining and going crazy. But yeah, this is the this is our first uh, meeting here in the uh, the
0: Craft Imperial Bunker. Yeah, it's our first um, first podcast here. It's not like we're gonna we won't be here all the time, but it does give us a cool little. Um, you can't come up here. Little secondary option for us to have um, we've got a video going for the patreon um, We've been much more active on that. There's an open chat room on there now As <laughs> the Cowboys yeah, hiding here. hiding behind our uh, our smoke gifter here um, This thing does good all you hear during recordings of this thing in the background is a little humming It's not too terrible at all, which is which is good Um but so we're gonna smoke um, the 2009 cojones from Tatuaje. I found these at Fox Cigar Bar out there in Scottsdale. So pulled them out. Did you buy just two or did you buy a whole box? Five, a uh, five pack, yeah. I do have, next for you, I did buy a box of uh, Churchill rv 2s Told you about that. Churchill. Mexican Experiments. Oh. Yeah, All right. so we'll see about those. So tell us what we're drinking, because we did drink this last week. Not this, but this last week. Yeah, so
1: the way it all worked out, coming out to um, the Vikings place, um, I stopped at um, Dogwood. What do they call it? I know it's Dogwood Social, but Dogwood. Uh, wine and spirits. Wine and spirits. Okay. And my God, I could be in there for a half an hour looking at all their shit. I mean, they, even barrel picks, it's just it's nuts how much shit they have. Anyway, last week uh, we did the Clyde Mays 15 year uh, bourbon and I went in there and they had all three of them. So I had a chance to see what other was in this, what other bottles I had in this line. And this one is 110 proof aged five years. Um, and what it says on it is just Clyde Mays special reserve straight uh, whiskey bourbon 110 proof, and um, it's got like an old, fan. it's red and gold. The labeling on it is, really looks good. But what really piqued my interest is last week, we really didn't know where the juice comes. And then right on this bottle, which it didn't say it on the other one, is bottled in Indiana. So M-G-P, baby. If it says Indiana and you pop the cork and we put it down our throat and we like it, it's from MPG, is my opinion. You know, and uh, so that's what I'm assuming. So anyway, uh, with that and talking about it, now we've had two bottles of this and kind of a little groove. Let's see, Not see if it's it good. That.
0: Yeah,
1: it's a little different.
0: It is a little different it's um now not bad different though no not bad at at all all.
1: i think it's just a little different uh profile It's like
0: two two things
1: yeah it's kind of liking it though yeah when's the last time we had one come in and kind of explode and take a minute or so and then it just rides down the back the proof on this you're getting a little of the proof is Most it, of the time when we have these, you don't really get the proof.
0: Is it 110? Yeah. Is that what the 110 is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Definitely oaky. U- unique finish. It says on there. It's you,
1: didn't, you didn't You didn't taste the
0: oak right away? Oh, no, away. no. 100%. But, but now it's
1: like all over it.
0: Yeah, anymore. but now it's like there's like fruits and floral and like candy and sugars and shit. I'm getting kind of an oaky, antiquey um Low in here now. It, oh, okay. That's what it does remind me. I remember the, um, uh, it was the old Fitz, right? The very, very old one you had, the twelve year from like fifty years ago. Oh, that real dusty. It's got that dusty vent, finish. Like It just you don't want to say like cardboard, but like like that, you know? It's, it's like old school. It's yeah. five years.
1: But now, I, how are they getting that? This. Well, it's not straight, now, right? I've, I've read a bunch of shit since I've been here, so I was thinking something different. But, uh, I crafted a blend of H barrel doesn't, you know, I'm assuming it's oak barrels, you know, white oak barrels from here. I just got done reading a bunch of shit on Duke, and, of course, they're doing some of their stuff in French oak barrels. Um, no, it doesn't really say anything, but I'm assuming white oak barrels, but it's really a little different and what i'm interested to see is what's this going to be like here in a couple of weeks when we open it back up again um, but it's a lot different than the 15. well of course there's 10 years difference right but yeah uh, but i don't know man i don't know, I don't know. this this, like
0: this has this has uh i, I really like this Now it's funny on the nose.
1: You do get a lot of um, florally, uh,
0: and I can I'm definitely smelling the heat. When this um, when this comes in, to me it hits that nose, or it hits the tip of your tongue, and you get you get like that that oak and like the taste I normally get a lot when you hit a lot of proof is like pears. It, it just that's kind of the weird taste. But then when it when it sits in there and it finishes and it hangs out, fuck man. There's everything from vanilla and honey to like a like, like an uh, Ashton, Connecticut, ch- like an Ashton classic Churchill with all that seed. I'm definitely with you on the vanilla and the honey. Dang. And normally
1: we say That's caramel. Fantastic. We, we normally we say caramel, but I'm, you're, you're kind of right. I'm getting more of a
0: vanilla-y check this out guys it's actually a pretty sweet bottle patreon you guys can see the bottle on the video i think
1: the price point on this was 57 maybe 57 that. and then there's another one called alabama style i didn't get that one that's like 59 they're a couple dollars difference um, and then the 15 year was i think that was right under 200.
0: On the side of the bottle, this is actually pretty cool, it's kind of, I guess you could call it a poem maybe. Clyde May was a moonshiner by trade, but a craftsman by heart. He aged small batches in charred oak barrels and experimented until he created his own unique finish. Clyde May, 110, trademark. See. Yeah, this is like an old school finish. Gonneke Ridge? Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that. C-O-N-E-C-U-H, Ridge Distillery? No shit. Cool. All right, so what we're smoking is the Cajonu 2009. Um, that's a Bellicoso size there uh, from Tatuahe. Uh, I was talking with some of the guys at Fox. Um, I was actually trying to see if we couldn't get a couple more boxes of the Monster Mash. And uh, they had some Lancero samples and stuff like that. And then I saw they had these by the box. Um, I haven't smoked one of these in probably six, seven years. Uh, but one of the super unique things about it is next to the 2012 and until the 19. So like the 2012 is the most popular one, the Habano and the Sumatra. Like I think that's the one you have, the yeah. box press. Nine and 21 are the only two cojones to not be box pressed. And you remember 21 is that big or that strange 58 Velocoso that took us a day to smoke. That there, there's Sumatra, the and six and a half by fifty-two, habano.
1: I think there's a habano, Sumatra, and then uh,
0: Sumatra, habano. I know for a fact there's habano and Sumatra, but there might be a broadleaf. Oh, there might. That's the other one. I there have might broadleaf. I probably did the
1: Sumatra yesterday, but so I think. I, anyway. Well, you can't go wrong with this. Plus what was that one I did yesterday? I
0: cannot pronounce. Cabaguan!
1: Cabaguan. Cabaguan. Work now you gave that to me, correct? Yes. I thought you did. Where did you get that from?
0: That actually came out of that red tatuaje toro pack. Mm. When we did the when we did the cigars over at AP with Mike when we did the tatuaje pack. Oh, okay. That was the cabaguan I had. had. Did you get those online or no? Those those are retailable. They had them at Lit. Uh, They've been reordered. They're just when they come in. Oh, okay. They're like, I think it's thirty-seven bucks for the five toros, five six toros maybe. Yeah. And then there's a black one and a red one. And the black one is La Maison Fausto, Black Label. I think there's a, a. a lot, yeah, in there and something else. And then the red one is Cabo Monopoly, then uh, it goes in. Yeah, you can see how it's changing colors. It's gonna kick the, oh. the high rise on, pull everything in through here, and then pull it out. Pulls the smoke down like this, cleans everything up. Super easy. I get one of those for the bathroom. Exactly.
1: <laughs> no, there's just no freaking way. <laughs> I gotta have a little room. I couldn't even get that fridge in there in my bathroom. What do you mean? It's- Like just be sitting
0: on the toilet smoking. What are you doing in there, honey? Uh, Just getting a smoke in. I'm taking a really long (laughs) shit. I would
1: rather just you know get in a freaking full you know Eskimo suit and smoke outside. Yeah.
0: Speaking of Eskimos, dude, there's this show on Netflix. It's a movie. It's an hour and a half long. You got to watch. It's called 14 Peaks. 14 Peaks. Peaks. So this guy Nims. Um, He's a former Gurkha Special Special Forces guy from Nepal, was in the British Navy, or British Special Air Service, SAS, all that. Is that where the name Gurkha? Yes, it is. That's exactly where it comes from. So, uh, in in Nepal, Gurkhas have been specialized forces for, fuck, since, um, who's the guy that killed half the fucking world? So, there's
1: Gurkha Special
0: Forces, and then there's Sherpas. Who like, Sherpas are mountain guides, right, mountaineers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so in this, this former guy goes on a quest that he's going to conquer the fourteen of the world's eight thousand peaks in seven months.
1: I know, I've seen
0: it, and he does all of it. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah, the movie. It's okay. Amazing. Oh my god,
1: I loved it. I, the whole story was great, and then I get online. I want one of those
0: badass hats. Nope, sold out. Yep, gone. Everything you want now online is sold out. It tripped me hey, out. Yeah, there's
1: some good cigars. That's
0: Remember so when mattered. he wasn't gonna be able to get to that final mountain in yeah, China? Right. And he fu- so look, I talk we all talk a lot of shit about social media and the stupid people on it. That's insane, man. Like this guy, just because he wanted to climb this mountain for a promotionary cause, right? Like the money was going somewhere or whatever. People wrote the Chinese embassy and the Chinese government let this man and his team come in and climb this. Give him mountain. a little window. Yeah. Go up. Good. You got like these three days. And then they get up. This is going to be easy. And like they get to like technical base camp one, like two thousand feet up, and then they hunker down in a fucking snowstorm for three hours. Yeah, that was a great
1: uh, dude. I'm just like, that's a whole new level. It's like rock stars, whole new level. Everything I've done in my life, I've gotten to a certain level, but there are just some guys that just can take it a couple more. Well, so of course we got
0: done. I was like, oh, there's no way that's all he did, right? So in December of twenty one. Him and his team were the first ever people to summit K two in the winter. Oh, well, didn't he do? He did, did K two after that. After that, this was twenty one. This was oh. three months ago. He did this. See, you know, I'm mistaken it too
1: because I watched that one, and then I watched the other one about that newcomer that nobody
0: knew about. That's Nims. That's what I'm talking about.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, well, he did. I was he did the about fourteen
0: The guy who did it and. There's a movie with
1: a, a famous Sherpa um, uh, guy who did all of them in seven months. I think we're getting them confused. No, it's
0: the same movie, but he's not a Sherpa. He's with a bunch of Sherpas in his team. No, NIMS. A- yeah, it's called 14 Peaks. I watched it yesterday. And I'll show you the hat you wanted because I tried to find it too. Okay, well then there's another one
1: where there's this young kid. He's like 18 years old, 19 years old. And he's hanging out in Oregon or
0: somewhere up there by Yosemite, whatever. And they free, yeah, they free. Oh, you're talking about the Free Climbers. The Free Climbers. Oh, oh yeah, guys. I have not seen that. This is the 14 Peaks yeah. guy. That was the big, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've not seen the Free Climber one. And I loved his logo. It's just real simple, you know. 147, yeah, 14, 7, 14 yeah, yeah, it's
1: fucking dope. And uh, so I got online and there it is. And I'm like, that's sold out. But the Free Climber is about some young kid who um you know he's been up there free climbing forever with his dad and family and whatever the next thing you know they've got these world climbers in there and they did like a speed yosemite climb free climb yeah and uh, like the next day the kid went up there and like shattered it and came out there and it's like hey you know that kid just nobody knows him he goes he just went up there and beat you by like five minutes or something like that which and that kind of shit is a lot of time, I
0: guess. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure like world records get broken by milliseconds. And he did the shit. same
1: thing in that. He went and um, climbed some some somewhere down in Chile, one of these or most guys don't do it in yeah. the winter. He was the only guy that's ever done it in the winter. He went down there and free climbed it. Dude, he's like up there at like one at night in the snow and shit. And he had to come down. He it took two days to get up there
0: and do it again. But I mean he's like it's just crazy he's like hanging like with his hands and shit yeah that's weird i don't trust that guy well it didn't end well for him he's he's no longer with us he did
1: he was gone i think he was like 22 23. oh he died yeah oh he went with him his buddy and they did another climb up and somewhere and they got caught in an avalanche that's how most of them get it oh yeah
0: oh yeah that's like, I had always heard, I didn't know until like, uh, we'll hop about this? But like Everest, when you hike Everest now, you still walk past fucking dead bodies, frozen bodies that have just been chilling there for years.
1: The way I Because it's
0: it. too safe. It's not, you can't go get them. There's like a freaking
1: line all yeah. the way up to the peak. Yeah. And you just, you're standing up there in line freezing to, to wait your turn to get up to the yeah. peak. To
0: well, and that's what amazed me about that, right? So as I'm watching this, like not these guys, right? These guys laid their own lines as they went. But if we get together the $130,000 it costs to go summit Everest, right? Okay. Before we even walk up that motherfucker, there's a group of these Sherpas. They go up, lay the ladders in, they put the lines in, they anchor everything into okay. the ice so you have a safe guideline, as safe as you possibly can, to go up this thing. And then those motherfuckers come down and get in line with you and go back up.
1: What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and your body is what? literally... You're literally dead by the time you get up there.
0: Oh, it's insane.
1: Well, I can think of a better way to spend 130 grand or 130,000 for sure.
0: I can too. It does not start with climbing Everest at all. The cigar is fantastic. Yes, it is. I really, I like this size. It's an overgrown Bellicoso. So usually it's like five and a half, fifty-two. 52. This is like a six and three quarter 50, you know? It's super unique size. This is six and a half by
1: fifty-four. I think I read on the.
0: There, there was no smoke. Oh no 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 no,
1: that was on my box press. I take that back. When I looked at it, but.
0: A really good smoke, and you can just tell it's perfecto. Yeah, it's very well put together. Really sweet. Um, <clears throat> so. Man, that thing rocks
1: all the way down the Afaka Gus. That bourbon, it's rocking oh. it down there. Man, yeah. it's like.
0: Oh, esophagus.
1: Yeah, where they? I was just trying to, you know, I bring you a little humor it. to it. I got you. <laughs> you
0: know. Yeah, this is good, man. I like, I like, I like that a lot. That's very good. Yeah, this next one's gonna be kind of interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: It's got a crazy-ass name, fighting Cox. Chicken cock. oh, chicken cocks.
0: Chicken cock. Oh, chicken. Chicken cock. fighting okay. cock. Uh, fighting cock is a Scotch. Oh. Yeah, it's actually actually real things, mm. but. So, yeah, this is it, man. Like, this is our little setup that we can get away with. It's pretty cool. So, let's see now.
1: We're, um, our last podcast was...
0: Winties last week. Was that after the debacle? Oh, no, we actually have not podcasted since the snow. So, we have not talked about the snow. We have not and at all. And we have
1: not talked about the KC debacle. No, we have not. I know, it's sad. Yeah. It's a sad situation. Which because one do you want to start with? I've played football for 16 years. I've been one. watching it forever, coaching it doing, it, doing it all. And it's just hard to understand how, you know, you're, you, what was it, 21 to 3? 21 to with 3. With four or five seconds left. I mean, they've got the foot right on the Bengals' throat. And with a snap of a finger, it's all it's all changed. They don't get in. They went for it instead of doing the three points. And then it was it was literally like the tail of two tails. The second half, not that they weren't in it, but you could just see uh, they, they were getting there. out of swords. Yeah. They were dropping balls. Mahomes wasn't himself. He was running around too much, and he couldn't escape. It right. just was...
0: And you and I even talked about it. I think what happened is in that game, and we were sitting outside. We were smoking some great cigars during that game, man. I, I started with a 17 Calaveras, and you started with a... What I give you? I gave you that opus. But we didn't do that because that was no. going to be our that was going to be, be our celebratory stuff. And so um, we did. did a couple of Cyclops. Um, but we're watching the game that last second, you know, those last three, four, five seconds, or whatever. Like, dude, take the field goal. And then they run that play. And I don't know why the camera crew stayed on the field as long as they did. But when those cameras hit Mahomes, Kelsey, um, uh, McKinnon was in Hill. They looked defeated when they didn't get those points. And it showed the rest of the game. Yeah. The rest of the game. Like, they were flustered. Right? But Holmes, instead of just taking the quick six, seven yards over and over and making plays, he was moving around like a ballerina trying to see if Tyreek Hill was going to get open somewhere.
1: Yeah. You know? Can't do it. It's like last week, you know, when he had the the, the, uh, talk with the coach, he goes, when it's grim, you got to be the grim reaper. Well, grim
0: reaper never showed up. And, buddy, that game got grim at halftime. So, <laughs> need to own that shit up. Um, but, you know, so that's done. I I
1: knew when we played the Bengals before, they're legit, man. That defense is good. Their receivers are good. But I, I still, I don't think they got as good a receiving core as the
0: Chiefs do. No, no, no. They they, they don't. That receiving core has two nightmares on it. Uh, obviously, we know that it uh, – oh, I'm going to miss names now. Um. Are you talking about for the Bengals? Yes. Uh, well, they got man, what's
1: his name, Chase. Chase. Um, all Chase. He so was he's talented. fantastic, but they—I think they kind of kept him. They did a good job of containing him in the first half. But um, I don't know. I don't know if our line, because our line seemed to be having trouble there, and that's exactly what happened in the Super Bowl last year. Or well, the whole line was. Broken down and gone by the yep. time the Super Bowl came around yep, last year. Very true. But I really thought we were pegged to go ahead and take this this year. We were. After we got past uh, Buffalo, I thought we would we would know enough. We'd have looked at it enough. We were going to be able to put the Bengals away, and it looked like we were going to do that. But I'm telling you, in the AFC, you there is just such a slim margin. Yep. You cannot get and start chasing. Nope. And that's what
0: they let, let yeah. happen. And, and it's interesting, too, because I look at it this way. Whether the Bengals win a Super Bowl or not, and, and this isn't – like, everybody knows this. We know this. Look, the Bengals will not be this same team for the next three, four years. The Bengals don't go back to the AFC Championship next year. The Chiefs do. Yeah. But they do. I, I think they, they do. At least the conference game. And but it's, it's
1: unfortunate because it's hard to get there, man. It is. It's unfortunate it is. that they missed this one because – Last year, I felt like it was on the line. We, we just lost our guys at the end. That was understandable. But this year, um, it, it was ours for the take and, it, and I think we missed a, a, an opportunity
0: to grab one. So what do you do now? All you do is go back to work. But Yeah. Um, just get after it. And just, look, go into next season and fix all the mistakes, or at least fix half the mistakes you had this season. You can't fix them all. Just fix the fix the controllable ones. There's always going to be oopses, you know.
1: But I think it's funny now. It's like, you know, Mahomes. Why they're just talking him down? Oh my
0: god, he's like. Uh, is nobody. it time for the Chiefs to move on? Is Mahomes really going to be a goat? He's out of yeah. Brady conversation. I'm oh, like, bro, oh my bro, he's god. got sixteen more years. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and look, nobody is ever going to do what Tom Brady did. The game is changing too much. There's too much talent coming out into the game. Okay. One quarterback can't sit in a fucking pocket and throw for seven touchdowns anymore, or seven Super Bowls. It's not going to happen. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: it's not. How are you going to get there? Is someone like Josh Allen, like Patrick Mahomes, that can move their feet? But they might throw for three, three Super Bowls, and they might run and win three Super Bowls. Well, I will say this: they got a good quarterback. I
1: mean, the quarterback will be there for what's Joe the Burrow. Burrow's yeah, right. And then Allen there. will be back there, whether their whole team is together as good as what they had this year. Buffalo, probably, they, they missed an opportunity. That was unbelievable that we we were able to come back and win, that everything had to go just right. But it, it, the AFC is still, I, I just think it's a tough, tough to, to go our route. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how this Super Bowl goes. I haven't heard about ratings yet or what's going to go on, but I imagine it's not going to be. The game, it would have been.
0: I think. I think you're going to see more people tune in at halftime than you will consistently watch the game.
1: I mean, I thought the Chiefs and the Niners would have been a good draw. Those are, you know, two old school teams. Well, not that the Rams is not, but who? I mean, and the Rams have a good team, but it's just at least for us here in St. Louis, we
0: could not give a shit about Well, that. and I think that's part of the or thing. Their you know, stadium everybody or their everybody wants to bullshit. see it. There's, There's like two levels of frustration and excitement. It's like nobody wants to see the Rams win a Super Bowl, but they want to see them get beat in that stadium with Kroenke there. Yeah. Which is like right on them all about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, mean, I would love yeah. to see the Bengals
1: win. I, Stafford, you know, I think he's worthy. I, I think he's a good quarterback I think he's finally with a good team but unfortunately I would like to see the Bengals do it but then what do you think if they do do it is that one and done
0: yeah Yeah. oh yeah oh yeah because problem is a lot of those kids are coming up on contracts Bengals don't have the money for what other people will willingly pay you know Jamar Chase contract comes up the New York Jets say hey we'll give you 18 million a year he's fucking going to New York he doesn't give a shit that's how Man, these guys are. Are the
1: Jets ever going to be competitive again?
0: <laughs> Never. I, I
1: just, I love the name. I love their uniforms. I hey, I speaking of that, to I called
0: them. I called the Washington name.
1: The Commanders? I
0: called it. Really? Yeah. We were sitting around. I remember it came up on, uh, uh, I had like a, a Yahoo Sports thing popped up, and I was like, I'll bet every single one of you that the Washington's, Washington football team becomes the Washington Commanders. They go, why am I? Might. Because they're based out of D.C., Commander-in-Chief of the United States, yada, yada, yada. And then I said... Why did it take them a year in... to get there? Because I honestly thought they were going to go back to the Redskins. I, I don't know. I still, look, I uh, I understand why woke society can get upset at that, right? But you can't get rid of the Redskins and keep the Blackhawks, keep the Chiefs, uh, keep the there's another one and it's slipping my mind the cleveland indians right like you you can't why is that okay redskins is bad and what about the chiefs i think
1: the chiefs the reason they haven't got any play on it is because of the story behind it i can't really tell you what it is but i've heard it well, it has something, I don't know. It's it like could an also honorary be, thing. It right? could also be
0: presentation, too, because I just thought about that the Washington Redskins did have an Indian on their helmet. So
1: Yeah, we've got an arrowhead. But yeah, I think right. the Chiefs' name was brought around. And and don't quote me because I'm probably wrong, but it well, was it honoring Native. Chiefs or something like that, and that's how that became. They're one of the oldest, I, I
0: believe the Chiefs are one they of the They were the, the first Super Bowl against the yeah. Green Bay Packers. Yeah, Super so Bowl they're won. one of the oldest teams, so. Yeah. I think they are I think they're one of the are they one of the original? That's where it gets weird, right? Because you have like original NFL and US US United States football whatever teams. And then when you had the NFL come together, some of those teams came and then a lot of those teams just became other shit. I think the other
1: thing that's exciting and I don't know if you know, I get bleeps on my phone, same as yours. But they're coming up with these new helmets. For the 2000 well it'll be the 22-23 season and um i was just thumbing through all of these different looks that they're putting out for all the different teams like minnesota vikings actually has a print symbol on the helmet <laughs> and i'm like uh really but i mean i looked at some of them and they were some of them were pretty doggone cool yeah the buccaneers actually go back to the white with the, the um, orange buccaneer. Do you remember the old ones where they were white and they actually had the old, like, buccaneer on there? And, um...
0: Okay, hey, real quick, some quick update. He's going to do this piece at piece by time, but I would see it. Look at the cursive there now. Oh, okay. Okay? Yeah. He's going to do it piece by piece. We're going to get a few emails during this. Oh, okay, cool. All right? But uh, that's what I was typing earlier. As you were talking, I was typing what you were saying. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's one thing I've always liked. I like when they do the new helmets and alternate jerseys and like, shit like that. Come on, NFL, you can't pull off some shit like um, Oregon, Oregon State, State, State
1: University. University. I mean, who <laughs> has helmets that cool? The University of Oregon. Nobody. Nobody comes close. Nobody. Now, Utah, they put out some... Did you see that battleship or that... It was the Utah battleship. Some guy worked on those for two years, hand painted each one of them. Holy shit. That's, that's dumb. Um, the Candy Apple Red. I mean, they've, yeah. they've come up with some good stuff. But, I mean, the NFL, man, I just. Where's the chrome helmet? Like the Chiefs, you know, on a Thursday night, come up with a complete
0: chrome helmet the with Packers have arrowhead. A, the Packers something. have a bronze one. Really? Yeah. They wear it when they wear the ultimate yellow and green jerseys. And it's. Look, bronze. Oh, huh. Yeah, I think. I guess I missed that. I don't know. Oh, I'm anyway, not no, no. even talking know, about
1: Notre Dame. On Thursday nights, you know, they do like all, like the Chiefs will be in all red. Alternate jerseys. Yes. Right. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that with some helmets, too? The college guys do it. I love
0: it. Yeah, hockey, dude. Some of the best selling hockey jerseys are the alternate jerseys. Yeah. You know, shit. When I said I was going to get a Cardinals jersey, I said I was only getting the powder blue Beta jersey. Like yeah. the powder blue jersey. It's cool. It's like you my Red Sox jerseys or the Fenway the Finway, St. Patrick's Day jerseys. You know? you know, one time, at one time,
1: I know I just repeated that, but when we were looking at um, St. Louis getting uh, an expansion team, there were the, the names coming out there. It was going to be the Stallions, the St. Louis Stallions, and it was kind of like a purple, whatever. It looked shitty. Then the other one was the St. Louis Rhinos. And it, they were going to be the rhinos, but it was going to be their uniforms were going to be um, like military. Uh, you know how the Chiefs have that military look? Yeah, like right? The now? patching. Yeah. What, what do you call that? Camouflage mm-hmm. type look? Yeah. And it was going to be with the rhinos. Maybe like a African zoo like logos and shit with the rhinos on no it, whatever. Shit. I thought that was totally ridiculous, but whatever. <laughs> the Battle <laughs> Hawks is much better. I mean, the
0: Battle Hawks are great, dude. They're coming back I don't know I, If I would have been
1: Those lawyers I'd have said Listen We're not going to get The Battle Hawk games No
0: matter what It's coming back They're or they the know, only we're Solidified the team back. Yeah Right But That was a great idea I Yeah mean, but you he, Hear me out You know one way You tell the NFL To go fuck themselves When The, the, the bowl here The dome Will sell more tickets In An XFL Home game then some stadiums in the NFL will sell at their own, own team's home games.
1: Well, let's just put Every it time. this way. Battle was out selling right now the L.A. Rams. Oh, 100%. There's yeah. nobody coming to the no. games. No. I think they've limited the 49ers even to what the tickets they would let them buy. They were probably down on the corners giving anybody a ticket to come to the Rams game, so it looked like some Rams fans showed up. It's horrible, man. That's it's horrible. But what my point was, if I'd have been in on that, I would have went all on all we want is the expansion team and we want some help with building a new stadium. Yep. The hell with your money, because yep. you know that's gonna who knows what they're gonna do with that. Um dude, that money's gone. Get the fran get the, the next NFL franchise comes back to St. Louis and the NFL could've saved face on everything. Yep. Give them their own freaking team you know, let's patch up the wrongdoings. And well, of course that didn't happen. We settled for whatever, just under a billion. So I don't know. It's dead and done and over now. Yeah. I don't know what the future All right. is for NFL, but we'll have uh, XFL. I haven't heard much about it.
0: Uh, it's kind of- the season's coming back in 23. The US, So what I've read is the way it's gonna work is the USFL starts um, April. And then they're going to play their season and then when the xfl starts next year the Battlehawks are the only team playing return right now everything else is still up in the air and when they start what's going to happen is the xfl is going to run their season usfl run their season and then right before the nfl kicks off there will be the united states football super bowl it'll be the winner of the xfl against the winner of the usfl and then boom and i've read a little bit
1: on it but i think the usfl is going to do they're all going to be in the same town, aren't they? And they're going to be playing in the same stadium. It's going to be kind of like... You remember what they did in Canada? Oh, like they,
0: did, they, had, did, they did that with the NBA. What did they call that? The the uh, bubble? A bubble? Yeah, they're going to do something like that with the USFL on oh, this first season. I didn't know that. And then they're going to
1: all be in this specific... I, I thought that's what I read. Now, we'll check up on that, but
0: whatever. Anyway. There's nothing saying it had not changed since fucking Monday either. Who knows? Right. Um, but, yeah... So that was football, we did that, and then uh and then we had from what I've heard the most snow that's hit Missouri in quite a while.
1: <laughs> I wish we well, we can't see him, but little doggies up here wanting to see. Can you say anything into the mic? Like you know, say something right here. Yeah. Roof roof, right on. Yeah, do you like cigars? No, you don't really like cigars. Huh? Oh, okay. Anyway, so yeah, you know how St. Louis weather goes, you know, we're going to get three to five inches and we get a dusting. Three to five, three to eight, get a dusting, dusting, dusting. Then finally, they actually had a pretty good forecast that kind of went the way they laid it out. It it did. And Varian, I know at my house, my guess is that we got, you know, I want to say all of it maybe nine inches you said you think you got 14 out here
0: here i know for sure ground level was uh (laughs) 10 and a half and then from it blowing off the tree stack levels were 14. yeah so i I know from what was sitting on top of the hot tub it was 10 and a half inches
1: okay yeah yeah i measured mine and i was we were like about seven inches at one point
0: Yeah. yeah it did uh it did it did it did good it snowed man i mean it and it opened up pretty well i mean it, it snowed for a, a while i mean i think it finally started snowing at like two o'clock in the morning that wednesday or that tuesday i was
1: so excited about it i kept
0: i kept getting up
1: <laughs> what is did i drop some sauce on my, on my uh, finger uh i actually got up well as you're an older guy you know you wake up you're like you're up already i go take a pee but Anyway, and I checked it. It didn't do shit, but just kind of flurries all night. And then I was like, man, we didn't get shit. There's probably three inches out there. But it seemed like around, I don't know, a little before noon, it
0: just started coming down. Well, yeah, I remember it's like, like we got up. A couple inches. It was it, was, it was everything had frozen because it had been raining all day Tuesday. So all that had turned to ice. And there was probably like, I don't know, two inches on the ground. And then we go out and start walking, and and you're not lying, man. I mean, in the time, we were probably out walking for, I don't know, two hours. And by the time we got back to the driveway, the footprints were gone. Like, they'd been not covered and then laid over again. You know, like, and and then it just kept going. And it it didn't stop. It was
1: awesome. It was awesome. I always have gotten out in snowstorms and drove, because I've always had Jeeps, and the Jeeps just get around, no problem, no worry. But I will say this too, when it's snowing, the snow's soft.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, a fair warning, if you try that shit now, like, you know, at the end of your driveway, because one of my guys did it this morning, you know, you clean your driveway up and then they come down the street and push that shit right at the end. Well, if that piles up, maybe a foot and a half at the end and then in the morning, you're like, I'm just gonna blow through that, oh, be careful. Because oh, yeah. that shit is solid as a rock. Yep. And it freezes. So that shit go kicking it with your toe or whatever it's as hard as a rock and it'll tear your underbelly out of your
0: it car. was funny we were at the fox yesterday and we were walking up to go in through roll call or ticket call or whatever and there's this guy in a car and people behind it and he had just he had pulled up and parked right just rolled right up into the snow and parked which all right no big deal okay came out to get in the car that shit is frozen there are about four or five guys trying to dig this damn thing out right in front of a curtain call at the Fox. They dig it out, and he runs up on the sidewalk, gets his car out, and drives it off.
1: Well, speaking of that, now that you brought up the Fox, um, I, of course, I've seen many. Sh- I haven't gone. I would like to see Wicked. I think that would be a really good Fucking one phenomenal. To see. I'd love to see that. And then the other one is with all the animals and whatever lion king, lion king. A... Yeah,
0: yeah i'm seeing i'm actually seeing that for the first time in april oh okay i've never seen Lion King
1: in april you, are, you already have tickets yeah okay you're gonna get some tickets for that yeah there. so what's the deal now i've gone there i've had cocktails in the lounge there but they also have you know you can belong to the fox club, the fox club. yeah have you ever eaten at
0: the fox club i i have one time i was one of the company i worked for when i moved here the owners had fox club tickets and i got to go there and i saw a christmas story um i had drinks at the fox club i was on the mezzanine they served food in your seat cocktails the whole time it's not horrible i was looking them up during the break at the show it's like you, you have to buy a minimum of six shows and if you want if it's just the shows and you get the in in dining and seating, it's like twelve hundred a year. If you want Fox Club access with private parking, elevator, all that, it's like twenty one hundred a year. Now all of those are sold ticket. out per ticket. Yeah, yeah. No, no. You get three tickets. Oh, okay. You get three tickets. Yeah, you get three. So twenty one, three. You can three have tickets. the whole private gizmo. Like yeah, all squared up. Oh. Yeah, three um, tickets. Three tickets. Now to eat there, you mm-hmm. have to be a part of that. You can't not. Um, you can't uh, you can't just like make a reservation and go in, but they do next door. They did open this thing called uh, something lounge, and it's open until an hour an hour before the show, an hour after the show. And if you have a ticket, you can actually watch the show on on the TV screen. And there's a bar in there, and you can sit down. Is that as you walk in the front to the left? No, no, it's actually the building next to the front door. But then when you go in, that's the curtain call lounge in there. And that's just, you can walk in there and get drinks and sit down and, and yada, yada, yada. I don't know about food there or anything like that. Well, there or, is. Once you go into the Fox, you can go left and
1: go through a door, and then there's a whole full bar in there. And they've got, I don't know if they've got any screens in there, but they got drapes and the whole thing, and we've gone in there. We, w- we went and saw the Rat Pack <clears throat> there last year, and that, that was really neat. All the Rat Pack guys came out and drank with everybody after the show. Oh, cool, yeah. No, but I was wondering are. about that. I've never gone to the Fox and had dinner in their special
0: club or whatever. Well, it would like be it. so cool because you can go to the show, like right. You got a matinee, right? Our show times are one on Sundays. That's our tickets. So you could go there, get done at the show, and then go out and spend the next three, four hours having dinner in that in that lounge.
1: Well, I think if our our you had a, a ticket thirty, their
0: like dinner was at
1: four thirty. Yeah, well, you could do that, too. Because the the
0: second show, is it... Because it was like one to... How long is the show? A couple hours? Uh, Yeah, with the break, I think it's right at two hours.
1: Well, obviously, the best thing I ever saw at Fox was um, Hail, Hail, Rock and Roll. The tribute to Chuck Berry and all the people who came and did that thing. That was amazing. Oh, cool. And then on top of that, afterwards, we went to Blueberry Hill, got
0: to meet Chuck. So I've never seen anything but sh- but shows there, Broadway shows. I've never seen a concert. Concerts kind of like are that. great. I want to go see uh, Celtic Woman's coming this year, too. I would love to go see that. I've seen
1: Meatloaf, Little Feet, uh, Robert Cray, well, Prince was Actually, Prince was We haven't talked about that. Before he, he We passed. We lost Meatloaf. Right. Yes, we did. We
0: lost Meatloaf. And did. I
1: saw him in all his sweaty glory there. I think we had third row seats. It that was man great. was a poet. He was good. And then, of course, I've seen Bruce Springsteen there probably four times. That's mm-hmm. a great place to see Bruce. I imagine that would be like seeing him on Broadway. Yeah. I mean, that type of you know, grandeur and yeah. hall and
0: whatever. I, mean, I just, I look at these old spots and and I think, like, not that I said I'd want to have been alive in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, those eras, because...
1: I think the 50s would have been cool.
0: But, like, you can still see in some of these seating, like, especially up in the Mezzanines, they retrofitted where the ashtrays used to be, right? Like, when people in, in these shows would just be smoking cigars, drinking sherry, getting wine, get. And doing all and pitched. no one said nothing. Right. And people ask me all the time, they're like, well, they're like so shocked that, that like Broadway shows. And I'm like, dude, look, you're like movies, right? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So the thing about a movie is it takes them a year, sometimes two, to cut, edit, constant retakes, this, that, this, and that. Not only do these actors on this stage have to hit their mark every single time, they only they get one. They're live. If If they miss a beat, if they don't start the song right, if they forget a lyric, if they fall, there's no cut. You gotta keep fucking going. Yeah. You know, and then the just the logistics between the band, between the lighting, between the stage crew, you know, it's not like they break in between acts. You know, when the story moves, the fucking story's moving. Like everything is cruising. You got some you got some curtains that help here and there and different lighting, but that shit is boom, 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 boom.
1: All right. well, I'm going to get me some tickets for that April show, but I also would like to go to the symphony. Like, I know they did something with Nightmare Before Christmas. The symphony did it, and they had, like, the Nightmare Before Christmas and they played the music the symphony Oh, really? And I thought that was cool, and then I'm thinking to myself, man, the Mandalorian, Um, seeing that shit on the big screen, and then listen to them do all that you know,
0: um, you know what? Really I do amazing. know. We didn't go, but I do remember. It's been within the past couple of years. They did Star Wars.
1: Oh, they did. Yeah, they did.
0: The St. Louis Symphony did Star Wars, and it was the same thing. I saw Trans Siberian Orchestra a few years ago.
1: Yeah, I've seen them. They're good. <laughs> yeah, I've I know. also um, seen Manheim Steamroller. I know. Which is another like Siberian. The Manheim Steamrollers are really good too. Yeah. Anyway, well,
0: that's a a nice little roll. Yeah, that was cool. Now I'm going to bring it back. The NFL, the Broadway, and then. (laughs) I got some notes. So I was talking. So I've got a little live thing on the Patreon now where everybody can just type and all that. Um, And we were joking. I had sent a picture of this, and I said, I feel like I'm like the extra. I was like, so I'm like talking like this, and I have my phone. I'm like, the cowboy will be sitting right here. I'll be sitting right here, or vice versa, whenever. And I go. We're like the extras that get the little desk in Mad Men. Like we're down in the basement in the corner. And I'm like, you know, in those shows, you always see how like they have a good meeting or a bad meeting. And they walk in, everyone sits down, they loosen the tie, they pop the bottle, they pour and the bottles are always in decanters. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm gonna talk about the cigars, right? Because the cigars are always in a desktop humidor, you can only have X amount of so many. No, no labels on them. No, no labels, right. But okay. we're gonna we're gonna bring this to modern times, okay? I know what sits in my decanter, stays in that decanter all the time. I buy the bottles repeatedly. It's always what's in it. It's just a quick, hey, do you want to drink? It's there. It's good. It's Weller Special Reserve. That's what sits in that. Cape Girardeau. Get the handle. It's like seventy-eight bucks. Nobody big deal. what stays in that. Uh, right now, it's the Kirkland bottle and bomb. Bye. <laughs> um, so, what you would you have? Totally, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the Special Reserve tonight in there. It's always no, there, no, no. but it's not in there. But right it's now. not in there
0: right now. Like, it's just—it's always there, but not always right now. You know what I'm saying? So we're good. I get you. Um, what would be if, if you're in that scenario? This is just some fun, stupid talk. In that scenario, you're in the office, okay? What's in your decanter And there's always like three or fucking four of them, right? There's never just one. What would be in your decanters?
1: Um. Well, I mean, in all honesty, if I had. You know some pull and i can always get you know old fixed journal it would definitely be old fixture and then if if i couldn't do that it would probably be Blanton's. but like both of those are so to have that be a regular pour on the desk all the time you know i would probably to be honest with you, on my desk i'd probably go to one of my favorite bibs and i would have that in my yeah i mean you know, uh, and I have a bottle of it in here, um, what is it, Ever um, Early Times? Early Times, You yeah. can't beat that. No, you can't. That could be your yeah. your, your go-to decanter. Totally good. But I like I
0: like that bottle, though. I'd leave it in the bottle.
1: The bottle's good. And that's the other thing, is decanners are cool. Now, I do have uh, a decanter with the old boxer. Yeah. He's made out of, and then there's a little pad for the decanter. And that would that'd be a cool one to have on my desk. but. I'm a very eclectic guy. So if I had a thing, I'd probably have all kinds of shit, you know, on my desk. I'd, I'd have the biggest desk possible, not because I needed it, just because I'd want to put shit. There's like, a lot of shit everywhere. Yeah. On my <laughs> desk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. If my if mine could be all the, t- and just be whatever the fuck you wanted um, after watching Billions, it'd be like Nictor's 10 year ride, 20 year ride.
1: Or Again, like another one that, you
0: know, is Just hard. Saying Just saying. But, okay, so now the cigars. Right? You can't smoke in your fucking office anymore. Like, I don't think anybody does. Or if they do, they're awesome. I don't know anyone that smokes in their office anymore. Uh, I, I, I bet you I know one who does, and not
1: have no problem. You don't think Michael Jordan smokes in his office?
0: Yeah, Michael Jordan's <laughs> office is his fucking house, dude. <laughs> well, I think he smokes wherever he wants. Uh, Well apparently it's cool To smoke in locker rooms Now though So All you young Dick slinging High school kids Light your cigars In your locker rooms
1: I will say this Which is pretty funny I'm in two episodes um, Of the whole I think it's a four It's a limited series On Bill Cosby And I'm wanting I'm starting to learn About his whole gig And What he did But I was really surprised To see In everything He's smoking cigars Oh, yeah. I did not. That's
0: that. Yeah, but that's that time, And they're right?
1: 660s. They're big boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah. was smoking, and I don't ever remember. I'll have to, when I get into three, I'll look again. I don't remember seeing labels on him. He probably gets the cigars and no labels are allowed. Well, one. Because he's always being shot. Yeah. So he doesn't want to pay
0: and one thing that i had read into is a lot of these guys these actors that constantly smoked back then right so if you consistently smoked cigars in the 60s to the early 90s just daily smoker after the embargo you know american cigar shops started faltering away right and it wasn't until about 88 90 91 92 into the boom that nicaragua the, the dr mexico started hitting the sink so what you had was these guys with money would get a hold of these old factories that still did cigars here and would just have them roll them cigars, right? So say you had a, you know, there was one big one on Manchester. It was a huge cigar roller um, in the state of Missouri up until like 78. Top manufacturer. So I'll show you the house sometime. It's a little house up there. It's in the National Register of Houses. It's actually really cool. Really neat. Now I think it's like a bridal place, but whatever. And, uh, these 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 actors these top these personnel they would get a hold of these people and be like hey I'll pay you X I need a thousand of them so it's not so it's both yes with the bands you know probably probably a lot of those guys then were still smoking Cubans because they had so many of them and when the embargo went into effect last thing you want to do is be shaking hands with the president and putting the embargo in effect and you got one in your mouth even though that's what JFK did he bought up a bunch of fucking Cubans right before he put it in place. Um, but uh, so it's both that and it's they would find someone to just piece it together for them you know but what would you have on your desk in a humidor that you can smoke every day and give them what
1: well now we do have our own cigars Mm -hmm. so you know so you know I, I would probably you know have the Cyclops I mean you just can't go wrong with that and with the amount of people that are coming in and out and you're giving those away, you know, I just think everybody, I just haven't had anybody get one and be disappointed. I mean, you know, um, but I have to think about that. If it wasn't the Cyclops, one other one, I, my bet would, it would be uh, mm, boy, that's hard, that's hard. I got to tell you, it, the Las Caberas, the uh, the twenty, the purple label, that's still now one of my. Still looking for another box of, of one of those because I I really took to that. It was kind of slow going, but once I got on that cigar, I really like that. Yeah, it was that a good one's good for me.
0: That one's interesting. Is when you first got into that, you weren't too too diced up. It took that. me about
1: three yeah. to get into it, and then. Um, but I really like that one. I haven't smoked it in a while. I do have one, but <laughs> but. <clears throat> I don't know that would be I'd have to think about that
0: one um yeah um uh, yeah I don't know I don't okay an no, it's curious. I, th- I thought it was funny when I did that people were asking I thought it was I thought it was really funny um we I did have something we did have something cool that came up so Miguel from FFK stands does the skulls the ashray yeah. for us we podcasted with him out there to, um uh, St. Charles we got um
1: Yeah he does the kind of the marble skull heads. Yeah yeah,
0: yeah. um he set up a discount code for Craft and Puro. So anybody can use Craft Puro fifteen to get fifteen percent off everything you buy now. Oh cool. Yeah so everything everything from ashtrays to mats to skulls to uh, all of that. So he can do all of that. I'd like to have one of those. I think I'd
1: like to have a chrome one. Like a chrome skull head. Even a glass one would be pretty cool too. He does them. He does them in all kinds of. I might have to. I might have to ask him about that. Um, you know what's funny on this the skullhead thing, and I don't know why I thought about it, but I always watch that Sunday morning on CBS, and they were talking about this guy. Uh, I, I want to say it's up on the East Coast. There's a park. It may be um, up. Way up on the East Coast, where there's this glass blower, and he blows glass, you know, probably all kinds of different glass or products. But in this park or whatever, he came up with this idea. I mean, there's miles of trails and whatever, so they call them like um, um, these round balls, and they're different colors he puts in them. But mostly um, for this thing, he does is he does like so many a year and him and his compadres go out there and hide them on the trail and it's a big deal out there now finding one of his globes oh really like you'll be down the trail and they're hunting in the grass and they're looking in the trees and then you look up on a branch and there's one of his signed globes and it's i think it's marketing genius that's insane and now he's got these people that they're super they travel there to do the trails and look for a globe. One guy has got a box over the last like five years or whatever, he has found six of them. Wow. But you're only allowed if you're out on the trail and you find one, one per person. So if you find two, they ask you to put it back where you found it and just be respectful of the process of letting, you know, other people, there are people that have been hiking up there for years never found one. <laughs> and then they did this show with the guy, and he went out, and they found three in one day. The actual, the girl who was doing the, um, you know, the, the storyline, she actually found one. The colored ones are very hard to find. Um, and she found a colored one. Uh, anyway, it was it was really a cool story. And I thought that was really a unique way... Um, genius to promote his business and do what he
0: did. That's really cool, actually. It's a super cool yeah. idea. And yeah. it gets it gets everybody involved. And That's probably because that geocaching shit's gotten so popular. Have you ever heard about that? The geocache? Geocache. Yeah, so it's basically, I don't know how it started, but it's all over. You download this app on your phone, and it'll show you where all these geocaches are, where you're located. And you walk up to them, and they're hidden by clues. And when you find them, you just pop it open, sign your name on it, You put it back and you rehide it and you update the clue. And it's, dude, it's worldwide. There are people that travel the world hitting these geocaches Hmm. and set them all up. So this whole, but that's why I think something like that works. You know, you're doing all this meticulous art and then you take it out there and you're like, hey, there's some in the woods, go find them.
1: Everybody's looking for an adventure, man. I I, I love it. I love that story. I love your story, yeah. What was that one where some guy buried a million dollars worth of treasure and people have been looking for it for years and whatever? I think that's called bullshit. Well, I thought some guy finally found it. Did they? I thought so. I don't know what the, you know what I'm saying? That thing's been going on for so long, the story's kind of died, but I I don't remember. But some man put like a treasure and he had like clues and people have been looking for it. I think some guy finally found it. He buried
0: it it somewhere. Yeah. 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 That's the same thing with like that D.B. Cooper and where his money went. Yeah, Yeah, I think that dude broke both his legs in a cave and burnt that cash to try and live, but whatever. Yeah, well, that could be as well. Well, we are out of our first port. Oh, yes, we are. Let me uh, open send this your, up. Uh, Yeah, so do you know anything about this? Oh, and by the way, how's the cigar, man? We haven't really touched on the cigar at all. It's fantastic because what's funny about it is
1: is I just did a 2012 yesterday and um, it was fantastic, but this is another level. But when you retrohale this, I'm probably, I still probably have five inches. I mean, we're pretty close. I'm a little further along, but yeah, maybe I inch. am getting on the retrohale a lot of floral, yeah. um, high-end notes. And what,
0: what I really like about this Cojono product is they're strong cigars. They, they are, they're full-strike full, full strike cigars, but they hit like what we tried to do with, with the Hooligan, that vintage strength. The body and, and the body on it, flavor and density is pretty medium, you know? But you can feel the cigar, like it's but when it's you there.
1: retrohale, and I just went to lunch with my wife, uh, J9, and we're eating some tacos. I'm always looking for the best tacos. Um, and there's a whole story about that. But as I'm eating this taco, I, I'm finding something displeasurable about it so I give it the big retrohale. I'm like, man, I just retrohaled that taco. And my wife looked at me like I was out of my mind crazy. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean you're retrohaling your food? I'm like, yeah, you've never done that. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm like, well, we do it with bourbon and cigars and whatever. And it was all in the shell. I peeled a piece of the shell off and cracked it off. And I said, here, try that. And she was like, oh, yeah, wow, that doesn't taste good at all. And um, I think it was bad grease or whatever. They don't change it enough. It doesn't stay fresh. And you're getting probably a lot of other byproducts in that grease that whatever they fry those shells in. Or I don't know. Maybe some of them bake them. I, I really don't. I'm not.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they do shells, but they fry them. You got to think every other. Well, some are pre-bought, right? No, sure. And then yeah. probably some they, they make. Yeah, but if they're fried, right? I mean, how many places that use fryers have multiple fryers for different things? You got one big ass fryer with a lot of oil in it, and this basket's for shells, this basket, baskets for nachos, this basket's for whatever you're tempering or whatever, right? So all the runoffs in the grease. Yeah. So if you're
1: changing it regularly, it's probably not a big deal. Maybe I got it when they haven't changed it. I yeah. Know.
0: And that would just depend on the cost of oil. If anyone's changing that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: That's why this show is so good, because we get into important shit.
0: We don't know what the fuck we're talking about, to be quite honest. Uh, Okay, so this is Chicken Cock. Chicken Chicken Cock. And again, green label, rye. Yeah. Okay. So I actually tried to look this up, and believe it or not, everything I've found, green does not relate to rye. It's just kind of become this unwritten... Not rule, but like this unwritten uh, locator for rye? Well, if it's unwritten, it's all over the rye It's on fucking everything, dude. Every yeah. single rye. The If it's not the prominent color, it's the highlight. And if it's the highlight, you can tell different, right? So take Old Fitz, for example. The fucking bottle's got nice gold, cream, everything. It's all highlighted in green. Yeah. The red's inside the green. When you look at uh, the 12-year-old Fitz, right? Uh, no, Old Fitz doesn't make sense. Those aren't rye.
1: No, but they do have a lot of their green labeling on the Old Fitz. On the Old Fitz, that's been a standard forever with Old Fitz. That's not
0: who I was trying to go after, and I just tagged that wrong. Look at me.
1: Well, it's Uh, really funny because the other day I was in Royal, and they had a couple bottles of Kentucky Owl, and they were green label, and they were um, Kentucky Owl. Kentucky Owl. Well, yeah, what I'm getting at is this was green label, and it was a uh, St. Patrick's edition.
0: Ah, okay, yeah,
1: and it was all It'll green. That. And it was like two hundred dollars, and I'm like, yeah, good luck. All right. Unless I tried that, and it blew me away. Not, not doing it. Um,
0: uh, anyway, All right, but from what I read, it's just kind of become a like a remember the Dewey Decimal System, right? It's just a color code. Yeah, it's a, it's just, it's a. I think enough companies use the green on rye. That now if you throw, I mean, I old, maybe that's where I got confused on what I was saying. I think old fits with a prominent green coloring is the only one. And you don't see that on the shelf, right so that, that shouldn't even matter. Anytime you see green on American whiskey, bourbon, whatever, chances are it's rye. Even, even Jack Daniels, their single barrel rye they have out now, right? It's actually not half bad. The whole thing is still black, whatever, the RYE. Is in green but not everybody goes that route no what Yip do you Kaya, mean you
1: know there's a lot of ryes that don't do the. that's true
0: that's why i said it's not 100 yeah, it's right. not 100 boo bo- rye right boor or whatever mm-hmm. midwinter's night dram with none mm-hmm. of that none of that you know there's a lot you can sazerac right you can do a lot you can say that on yeah. but 98 of them you know if there's 700 bottles of rye 607. They, they got green it for the
1: stockers, too, because they don't know <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, okay, that, yeah, it's green, then you'd probably put it in the green section or whatever. But, um, so this chicken cock, this is uh, one you grabbed when you were on the Louisville trip.
0: Yeah, so I got this at um, Justin's House of Bourbon. Uh, it's Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey. Um, chicken cock was established in 1856 in Paris, Bourbon County, Kentucky. Um. Uh, it was a stable prohibition era speakeasy, including the world famous Cotton Club, known as the famous old brand. It died off after World War II, but is now returning to its right place blah, 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 blah. bottled by grain and sp- grain and barrel spirits, Bardstown, Kentucky, aged at least two years.
1: Yeah. So this will be interesting. So what
0: I like about the bottle, this is one of those old medicinal style bottles. Yeah with the kind of the rivets, the rivets in it. And then it's got the rooster in
1: it. And there is another cock. There's the fighting cock. There's fighting cock, chicken cock. cock, and
0: then there's old grouse.
1: Yeah, but it's not a cock. It's a grouse.
0: It's a grouse. Okay. Still, it fucking that.
1: So. Anyway, so I wanted to say before we got too long on this, because we brought up Justin's House of Bourbon a couple times, and for if we didn't cover it, Justin's House of Bourbon was um, very unusual because they sell vintage bourbon, and nowhere else outside of Lexington and Louisville, they have two Justin Houses bourbon. And the guys there go out and find antique bourbon and purchase it, bring it into their shop and resell it. Yeah. And I don't think there's anywhere else that's able to
0: do that right now. I know there's one other location, it's in Washington, D.C., that does vintage bourbon. So
1: maybe they pass the legislation? It's
0: Jack Rose.
1: Oh. Oh, that's the one, the famous one? That's
0: the one where you can go into the bar and they'll have a bottle of... uh, uh, that's the
1: one we had the Blantons. Yeah, From Jack Rose, Was yeah. the, a barrel yeah. pick barrel pick, or something yeah. like that. Yeah.
0: That's where you can go in there and you'll get a bottle. You'll get a pour 40 year McAllen from 1945. Well, I can see know, that yeah. in Washington. If they yeah. could all come together, they could pass something maybe. Yeah. Or maybe they got that. Or they back. just fucking ignore it. Yeah. Them.
1: But that's a very unique place. If you ever get a chance to go to Louisville, if you go to Louisville, now Lexington's another hour, hour and a half out, uh, probably east yeah. of downtown Louisville. But it's worth it because you can go and see some vintage stuff. They've got a lot of stuff well, on display. And, and you can drink it.
0: Yes, you can. And, and see, that's what I was going to say. What's actually really, really not, I don't want to say unique because Total Wine does it in big, and in, like it, locally in, in Missouri or St. Louis, Wine and Cheese Place is very hot at it. Um, if it's open, like if they've had a tasting event or if they've had some of the bottles open, it, it doesn't matter if it's a $20,000 bottle. If it's open... They'll pour you a taste and you can try it, right? Like, oh, okay. Now, it's not enough of a pour that you're going to sit there and have a drink and tell people, you, but you're going to taste it. You're going to get a feel for it. It's something you want to get after. They do all that at judge's House of Bourbon. You well, know, and well, they've got Lexington. everything. I've never, so I've never been to
1: yeah. I'm just speaking loosely. Well, they have like six, nine, 10-year-old bibs that were like $12, like nine, 10 years ago, and now are like five, six hundred a bottle. And they have them in there. Um, Bar area for you to purchase. They're probably $45, $50 a port, and you can taste some of this stuff that was 10 years ago that was bottom shelf, but is so good. You know, like what, you know, Rip Van Winkle and Pappy Winkle, those were $50 bottles 10
0: years ago. Dude, I, I still, I told you this, I still remember I was leaving the beach. We stopped at a fucking, like one of those touristy little, like, you know, you could get. Cigarettes, alcohol, and you can get shirts that say, I live here and the beach is my happy place, one of those those stores. Or you can buy a beach chair and some bead necklaces or whatever. And I remember a three tier shelf. I've said this on here before. We were talking a three tier shelf of whiskey. On the top, Johnny Walker Blue Label. Okay. 18 year McCallum. It's always been the staple. And then this one had 30 year. Okay. Below that was the first, I'd seen Buffalo Trace. Um, Joseph Magnus was there. Uh, um, old Bardstown and then below that was like Tito's uh, New Amsterdam and then these three bottles in a black and then two other ones in red sleeves red plush sleeves okay, I didn't know what the fuck Pappy Van Winkle was right? Those bottles were respectively 45, 78 and 110 next to Tito's and New Amsterdam Vodka Mind readers.
1: If you if you go, you know people can tell the future. What the fuck? What you guys are here to see the future?
0: Oh, you hey, want to know? Johnny so Walker that, Blue, two seventy five, a bottle. Okay, two hundred seventy five. Two hundred seventy five dollars. No, then, then, then two hundred seventy five dollars wow. bottle. Eighteen uh, year McCallum was sitting at one, one fifteen. The thirty year was two hundred bucks, right? Wow. Yeah. Well, that's something to talk about too. You have to know this. So Scott, it's like. Age Scotch whiskey in the United States Up until around Like 2005, 6, 7 12 year was It was a staple And then people started Bringing in the, the 15s, the 18s The 21s, 25, 30 Etc. On the way up Right? You know, the additions Of McAllen started in 2015 14, sorry 14 You know, and those fucking bottles now are reaching 300
1: Crazy. It's crazy. Like I said, I just went into Dogwood Wine and Spirits what whatever the name of it is. And I, I'm just you know blown away by how much and, and I just focused on bourbon today, walked in, and it's like I mean literally you could open a grocery store now and have nothing but whiskey. You know, the from from whiskey, whiskey to bourbon to
0: Scotch. The whiskey, from, oh, right? Yeah. EMY and craft beer. You could have a stopping shop. And you would make your nut Right So I actually go to Dogwood Because they actually A couple of these tequilas That I found that I've liked From going to this This Mexican restaurant Up the road Um, I've been able The only place I've been able To find these fucking tequilas Is at Dogwood Now is the Mexican place You're going to El Magway, baby Oh El Magway. I've yeah. been to El Magway, But there's another one Right Malenche. next to, Uh, Casey's Party City Casey's Yeah, yeah. So you've been to that place. I've not been there yeah, because that's my next Mexican yeah. restaurant. We, we should that. do that together. Maybe we'll do lunch yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, I've been able to find these tequilas there. And what I have kind of found out with... So with vodka, right? You're always going to have Tito's, Belvedere, New Amsterdam. Uh, oh, what's the French one? It's uh, Oh, my God, it's really popular. Kettle One. Um, you're always going to have those. There'll be a couple craft ones. And then... The rest of the aisle is pre-mixed cocktails involving these things. Tequila's gotten the same way, right? So you'll find rows of different tequilas from your blanco to your añejo, your extra-aged stuff, your barrel-aged stuff, etc., etc., etc. And then the rest of the aisle are these pre-mixed margarita setups, right? Because apparently the only people who want to drink tequila want margaritas, right? But then. You go into the American whiskey, so Tennessee, Kentucky, bourbon, whole nine, and Scotch Isles. And it is from row to row. There's no organization of, of, and this is what I really like about Dogtown, there's no segregation of price. It's alphabetical from get to go. That's how they set their shit up. So you'll be walking down and seeing Jack Daniels, yada, 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 yada. (laughs) <laughs> yippee-ki-yay Chill on our shelf speaking uh, of IPAs your voodoo's
1: yes you left a case oh yeah 12 yeah, no yeah. is it 12
0: there were 12
1: I think there's one out of there
0: I only have one
1: <laughs> I know so I meant to bring that back to you because I'm like hold a moment. I may have one but now I'm gonna need to get them in the fridgey because we're supposed to get a couple 50 degree days there we don't
0: want them dipping down and our uh, voodoo beer going bad on us. Yeah. I, oh, one I, thing I, I wanted to say know. about Justin. Uh, well, let's cheers to this first. Yeah, I was going to say. Let's talk about this, and then let's I want to get back to Justin's real quick. So, this again, Rye 90 proof. Two years. Two years, at least. Wow.
1: That's not bad for two years. Really sweet
0: kind of flat though, right? Like it's sweet, and then it's like baseline.
1: It's one of those hanging around in your mouth sweetnesses. Yeah, that's definitely a sweet rye. But, not bad for two years, right?
0: Not at all. And 90 proof. That's really cool. That's not, I don't not like that at all. <clears throat> I don't not like that at all. Um, how much was that Bob? $22. Yeah, and you know what's really- I think, and you, and I you think were wait, 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 about wait, wait. wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the same price as the old fits I finally own. 22 bucks. It's got that bend in it, like the, the, the back of your back. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: um, it's got like a, a indented spine. So when you grab the bottle, your fingers have an inlet on the back. It's you want to like,
0: know the really horrible reason for that bottle type? I don't know. So back in during Prohibition, when whiskey was being sold as medicinal purposes, do you know why they put the bed in the back of the bottle? No. Women had smaller hands, and they were going to be the ones pouring their spouses' their smaller medicine. hand problem. Yeah, that's why this is here. <laughs> Are you sure about I'm that? serious. You uh, Corky told me that. Corky told me that. You? Corky told me that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. He said that's why if you look at most. Um, <laughs> Uh, most uh, flasks, why they were bent that way? Now they're bent that way because they fit into pockets and backpacks. The original design was because women were much smaller during like, the twenties and shit, right? Like women were much smaller. Human beings were much smaller then, right? They were malnourished. You weren't getting, it, you know, all that kind of stuff. The whole idea for that was because women in the kitchen would be pouring for their spouses, and they didn't want them to drop the bottle. Yeah, and it also has something to do with the way they were blowing glass then. This allowed for more durability of the bottle.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's from Corky and Fearless. Pretty cool thought. Cool. But Justin's House of Bourbon. place was really cool, um, you know, that, that was when I realized walking in there, and the guy's name I talked to is Adam, and he, he knew what the fuck was going on. But you went to the Louisville one? Louisville, yes. Which
1: really, that when you walk into that place, I was really blown away by the design and look of the room. I thought it was kind of like retro chic, but old school. They combined a bunch of shit into yeah. that room to make it really. To be amazing.
0: honest, it looked like Angel's Envy shit on top of Old Forester, and they made a show space out of it. If you've been, if you've been in, in those distilleries, it, it's no shit from the ceiling to the floor. It's just what it looks like, but. Had a bunch of stuff on the walls, all their barrel picks are solicited to one shelf over here. And, they, and again, they had bottles were six deep, sometimes two rows, there had to be 30, 40 barrel picks on there. And a lot that I didn't know what they were, like we had the old soul, right? I was going to spend $200 on a, Ed uh, Taylor barrel pick small batch. And that guy, the dude was like, Hey, try, he poured the old soul. And he poured the the small batch. And he goes, it's up to you. And that small batch, the old soul is like, what did I say, 62, 50, something like that. Cool. Save some money. Right? Um, But they are getting into cigars. Mm. So now they have a little small. Somebody made this case. Um, It's a wooden case. It looks like one of those desktop, kind of like 75-count glass humidors. And it's got the um, pouch hangers on it. And inside of it, it was, uh, it's not often that (laughs) Wajine laughs when people talk cigars to me, because she's not normally there. But I got hit with the cigar dude that walked up and was trying to tell me about how Alec Bradley and Perdomo was going to be the best cigar I'd ever smoked. And they were going to pair so well with these whiskeys and this and that. And, uh, probably the biggest dick move since we've owned Craft Impero. I handed him not only one, but two of our cigars and the card and said, give me a call. Yeah. you got call? No. <laughs> no.
1: No call. Well, I think the only problem with that is not the quality of our cigars,
0: but... No, no, no. Forget all that. The point yeah. I'm getting into is, look, one of the... From what I understood being in Louisville, it's the top retail shop. Like, there, there's not another retail shop like Justin's, House of Well... As far as Do you tourists... Do that
1: the, well, the hay the hay way, shut down But, but the
0: hay, that guy went to jail. He was a very bad person. Oh, that's, you, that has happened? Oh, yeah. The uh, hay market's gone. Oh. Oh, it's gone gone. I knew it was closed. No, it's I didn't gone. know it was all gone, gone. at all. Completely done. gone. Huh. It, it's, it's shut down, gone, out. He, bad person. Um, but apparently, that's one of the... Like, tourists, they were going to two places. You went to Justin's, you went to the hay market. Yeah, because they right? were like within a block of each other. They were exactly within a block. If you got to Justin's, you walk through the stoplight, you saw the chick fil or the Popeye's, you walk past that, Mimi's, the Cuban restaurant that yeah. I ate at that I told you about, right next door to the Cuban restaurant is where the Haymarket was. Yeah. No longer there. And uh, But that is the growth of tobacco. That's what I'm getting at, right? So you look at Total Wines. With Total Wines open, they put a humidor in. They put a good 120 square foot humidor. Right? How big is this?
1: Uh, I imagine this is, uh, I'd say probably 12 by 14, okay. 12 by 15. Something Every like
0: total wine you've walked in, the humidor is about this big.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. And it's got everything. It's got a little bit of something mm. from a lot of big name places. Right. And, uh, that was the first one I saw do it. And then locally, you know, we had Schnokes and Deerbergs. Now you're starting to have Dirt Cheeps, Right. You're starting to see the impact or the growth that cigars are having into the the spirit world. And not on our level, like being in lounges and places like that, but to the general public. You know? So, walking into Justin's, right, I didn't expect to... You know, the only place I could smoke a cigar in where, where I was in Kentucky is I went across the road to Riverside. Or when I found that Cuban spot, we ate up on top of Mimi's. Right? Mm-hmm. Is what it is. Um... But to see that inside their pre-packaged cigars, two very well-known brands packing their stuff up, that's a point of sale at the end of your transaction. Someone's coming in and telling you, hey, if you're a cigar smoker, you can smoke on this and take this with your whiskey. And like you said about Justin's, Justin's doesn't just sell barrel picks. They don't just sell bottles. They got their cases in there. Now I I saw a 20 year Victor's, okay? And I told you what happened when I talked to the guy. It was $18,000. I told him he was crazy. He said, I'll have the case sold by Friday. Yeah, he's probably right. Yeah, and it was this was Saturday. So within a week, he was going to have that entire product on. He told me, he goes, Hodge, I got a Rolodex that you wouldn't believe. And
1: they call me. I put them in the Rolodex. They go, I got 20 grand. This is what I want. He so did find it. And that's what they do. That's kind of their, their side hustle along with having this beautiful... Fronted space with all this great bourbon in there, you know, great
0: for me. It was like I wanted to get mad at the price for a moment, right? But then I check out, man, I bought I can't believe 50. I bought nine, no, yeah, nine bottles there. They spent $285 for nine bottles of whiskey, yeah, okay. It just, my entire upset went away, so it's not like he's pricing himself out. You know, I, I told you I put my Eagle Rare and the Blanton's back, or no, it was the Elmer T, the Elmer T, because I thought the tag said fifty nine ninety nine, it was five ninety nine ninety nine for just regular Elmer T Lee. Yeah, I've never, I have never owned an Elmer T Lee. I have not. I've always wanted one, not because it's going to stick around for a while, because I want it. I'm going to drink it, and I want to say I've, I've got a bottle of Elmer T Lee. But not gonna do it, so I put that back. But everything else, I mean, fairly priced, yeah. Should I spend less money at Justin's House of Bourbon than I did at the fucking distillery at Peerless?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's like Disneyland going down there and getting to see all that stuff. But yeah, well, it's, it's, I have to say, I'm really happy that I had an opportunity to spend at least four or five times at the Haymarket. Because they had some really unique stuff there. I mean you had an opportunity. I mean he had a back that I've never seen that much bourbon. And
0: that sucks, right? Because it it's sucks. not that the business failed. That business no, was the owner. Into it. It. Yeah. So,
1: you know, it sucks for all of us. But that was I'm just happy that I was able to spend some time there and have the opportunity to drink some of the things that I got to drink plus. He was able, through the years, because he's in the industry and down there where it all is, to put some stuff that may be going out of stock. He was buying cases and he, he had collector stuff that you know if you could get past the attitude, because, right? You know, he's like, well, what can I do for it? Like, well, I'm looking for something special. Yeah, you and a thousand other guys that just came through mm-hmm. this weekend. So I, you know, once you got past all that, sorry, once you got all through that, you know, it, it was uh, it was enjoyable, and we sat down and had some fun together. But uh, yeah, I get you.
0: Yeah, so it's just cool to see how um, the instance I wanted to bring up on that, since we were talking just how it's bourbon, how the cigars kind of made it into that. Um,
1: I don't think they had cigars when I was
0: down there. I, it's been a year since. They, I've it's, been. it's it seemed it seemed fairly fairly. Uh, With the the presentation of it and all that. And the the bags were still very well set. But, all right, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to hit you with Stone Tribe here. They're going to say what's up to you. And then uh, we'll be right back. All right, stay tuned. You're listening to Stone Tribe on the Craft & Puro podcast. Download our brand new song, Island Time, and help us raise money for United Cerebral Palsy. 25% of our profits go to help families pay for desperately needed medical equipment and procedures. Connect with Stone Tribe at stonetribemusic.com for music and the latest... Alright guys, we are back. Uh, Let's not forget, man, we got the Patreon rolling, everything's going on the Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com slash craftimperial $3 per month. We got some big giveaways going on there from us, Stone Tribe, Yeah. and uh, some other stuff. So, stay tuned for all the pre-release stuff on Craft Imperial and all that. Um, Yeah, so how you feeling on the smoke, man?
1: Love it. I love it. Um, I wish we had more of these these are fantastic
0: yeah we got three more I might buy more
1: so I was thinking this is a little off but you know we've got our I'm looking at our our little plaque up there one year anniversary craft and bureau we need to do another one for this the two-year yeah and I was thinking about doing the same plaque but me and you with the dog with yeah, the with the raider in the mouth, yeah, yeah. Uh, that'd be a fantastic two year shot. Oh, hell yeah! You get another one put up there. Do it again, two-year. yeah.
0: get one up there and then you give And it that, the way, what's yeah. the
1: name's dog, the dog's name? Raider. Raider, yeah. That was a great
0: that's thing, uh, yeah. that's Tommy from uh, Modern Canine Solutions. That's his uh, that's that's his personal service dog, yeah.
1: Well, he did us a service because that's a hell of a picture, yeah. We're uh, not him.
0: When I first met Tommy, there was actually a picture. I had a cigar, and Tommy put those big ski goggles on him. Yeah. And he held the cigar in his mouth, and I fell apart laughing. I was like, that is so fucking cool. Yeah. I don't, I don't care what else he can do. I don't give a shit. <laughs> that is so cool. I,
1: there was one. Is he the same dog that was fly, flew in helicopters or whatever? I don't know. Maybe that was, there was another dog with those goggles on. or whatever. That may have been Raider. So now... Uh, another thing we haven't even brought up. Guess what the Olympics are on
0: They are and I have not watched a single have fucking second of any of that.
1: Nope, none. I mean, you know the whole thing uh, the The small blip that I have seen was is That here this Beijing thing and they did the spot the other day and it's kind of political is You know how the IOC is am I saying that right the IOC? Oh, I see it,
0: the osc no the olympic, olympic commission or whatever yeah. they're called oh oh i oh I- yeah so they get I up there and they talk
1: about like. what the olympics is all about and what that brings and all of this and then here we are in beijing and they're bringing all this stuff up about china and the genocide that's going on and whatever and everybody's out there doing this oh this, they targeted that. china oh there's like
0: there's like sl- or um uh, in
1: Beijing, Protesters, yeah,
0: oh, someone's getting shot, and they're
1: burning shit up, and they're all of this and whatever. It's a lot going on over there,
0: and it's just a weird, weird
1: thing when you see just the small amount I've seen. Is they had like one of the top announcers for, let's say, NBC or CBS, what he had to go protocol to get in, and then it's like a mouse trap, man. They don't let you go anywhere, and there's nothing. There's like. It's literally like being in a mouse maze where you go. There's police everywhere. You can't see any of Beijing. They've got it like um, they put those drapes up on the fencing. It's like they bring you right out. You're tested like all day long in this shit. And you go into a venue, there's nobody there. There's nobody watching this shit. Oh, it's wow. It's just the athletes are there. There's nobody else watching shit except the ones that have got credentials that got to come in. Right. Otherwise, it's a fucking ghost town over there.
0: So it's like just like Beijing government-approved media. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah. Everything's and then controlled. athletes? The athletes are in, but that's about
1: it. The, well, obviously the coaches, the people that need to be well, there. Well, yeah, obviously the entourage but for athletes. Your parents but... aren't there. There's not spectators. There's nothing going on. No shit. It's a sad situation. There's a lot of things going on with these countries that's bad, but it's all, it's all kind of bullshit in some ways, too. Um, but the other thing about the Winter Olympics is they're saying in the next 15 years, there's only going to be a few spots across the world that are even going to be able to host a Winter Olympics. Almost all the snow that's in Beijing is man-made. There, there's no snow there anymore. And because of the well, climate change or whatever's happening is changing and there's no snow.
0: Yeah, but some of those same things, right? So some of those those um, sports or talents that are played have always been done in man-made constructed devices. Right? Like that high jump fucking ski slope thing, um, you can't do yeah, that I'm talking on a hill. I'm talking about mountains of snow and in the mountains and there's snow... You're there,
1: everything's naturally snowing, like, you know, these guys are there, they're doing the the casting from these places, it's snowing. Oh, okay. None of this is happening. Now, oh, yeah, all those ramps, those are all man-made, right, all that shit. Uh, But they were even talking about, like, the downhill, one of our gold medal. Gold medal. I, I did I did
0: see the other day one of the she only girls... She made
1: through five flags and she's on her ass.
0: Yeah, well, I know our one of our girls won the first gold medal doing down downhill something. Oh, well, maybe that's new since yeah. I watched it this morning. Yeah. But
1: she caught an edge because for every snow type there is, is how they, they groom their edges and their skis. And they're saying the inconsistency in the downhill is so from ice to this to that. Anyway, that's kind of some technical bullshit. But anyway, it just seems... Strange to me, I, I don't know, but you know, winter Olympics wise, the one in uh, Park City that I actually moved up there like the year after that just seemed to be one of the last really all inclusive fans are there, just everybody's there. It's snowing, it's I've,
0: gorgeous. yeah, I've, I've never been to an Olympic, so. yeah,
1: well, me neither, but I've been, well, I moved to an Olympic venue, right? Park City, well, Park City's like right. It's like the U.S. made spot for it's that. It's just crazy. Right? Cool. So I'm sure there'll be more of Park City. There'll yeah. be another one for sure now with limited. But even Park City down the future, less and less snow every year. We'll have to see how that all pans out. But anyway.
0: So in into into cigars a little bit. we got a little more time here before we cut this thing out. Uh, again, you guys can catch all the live video on the Patreon. Uh, we record the podcasts. Uh, these go up for the Patreon stuff. I think we're going to do this. At least two episodes a month now something like that but um, in cigars uh, there's gonna be a lot of a lot of unique stuff that's coming this year but uh, some questions that were asked when you walk into a humidor what are you looking for
1: I mean personally
0: yeah oh. you, you, but you've never been into before not a, not a humidor you know that you frequent right that you step into Like, what do you you look for when you walk into a humidor? Well, if there's a
1: humidor, and and I've been in many different ones that are all, I mean, especially some of the ones down in, like, I've been into a lot of humidors in in, uh, Naples, Florida. Um, They're all a little different, Um, but the ones that, like here in St. Louis, you know, the construction is, you know, a square kind of humidor. And you're looking all around to see what they have. I usually just kind of walk around and see kind of what they're putting out. A lot of it is probably to do with their clientele, right? And especially with the size, you know, everything from Montres to the size of that humidor, to going to John's Pipe or the Hill or Grand Crew. There's all different sizes depending on kind of their clientele, but. I just try to walk the whole thing and see the variety and see what they have in there and see if they have the stuff that I recognize and then stuff that I don't. And um, I just kind of see the variety of what they have there. Kind of is telling me about their clientele and what they have and what they're smoking at that shop. Right? I mean, because... You know, when you go to Kansas City and you see um, Lucachero? Lucachero. Lucachero. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can go there and you look through their thing and then they have, of course, a big section to um, the um, what's the name of the, the cigars that they boast? Roma they, Craft. Roma Craft. Obviously, they've got a big Roma Craft clientele there. And then you go to like the Outlaw. Well, the two Outlaws, North and South, in Kansas City.
0: Huge. Oh, humidor. make sure you go to the New Outlaw.
1: There's another new oh, one? they a the third it's got one now? a full out? brewery in it. Oh, really? Where's yeah. that at? I'll
0: uh, well, let you know.
1: Because I'm going on Couple the weeks. 19th of Yeah, Lincoln. yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, I'm going yeah.
1: up there when I liked it. And then also down in Westport, there's a really nice small one that you can buy smokes and go to the caboose across and smoke right in kind of the central West End area. Um, but such a wide variety of what they have and what's available and then you know is the humidor um what specialties do they have like you know they're a taa mm-hmm. am i saying that correctly mm-hmm. um, account so they have some unusual stuff there but i think that's kind of what you go look especially for guys like us i mean yeah you know with our background and what we're looking at you just kind of want to see what they've got going on there and it says yeah. a lot about the area
0: and what's going on with their I look at I look at stock, cleanliness, and then just what I'm going after, you know? Like, uh, and that's kind of a double-edged sword because when I was in Scottsdale and I, you know, being a guy that smokes three, four, sometimes five cigars a day, right? I flew into Scottsdale with three cigars, right, like a dumbass, okay? And looked up real quick, there was a humidor about 15 minutes away, drove in there. Dude, there had to have been 10, 20, 30,000 cigars in this thing. And that's where I just happened to be looking around and found a box of 17 Calaveras. Remember I sent you that picture? Yeah. Right? But I would rate that humidor very poor because there was just not, like, you would spend an hour if you had to look at every brand, everything, while you're cruising around there, right? You'd have to. You cruise in a humidor where the families are together, um, and you can easily spot known cigars or, or, or brands that you know quickly and, and see them. That's what I'm after, you know, because if you can find it, you're good. And then you can start looking around from there. That's what that's what I that's what I go after. Hopefully that answers that question.
1: You know, I know we've talked about this once before, too, but, you know, I frequent the lake. I've got a little spot down there, uh, Shawnee Bluff, um, right across the street from the Catholic Church. J.B. Hooks is right there. That's kind of where... I stay, I love that Shawnee Bluff in one of those old school little cabins. Anyway, they used to have a cigar locker down there. I don't remember what It was probably Osage Cigar or something like that. But you'd go in there, and it was kind of laid out funny. But her cigars had that white, like, dust on it. Plume. Plume. Thank you very mm-hmm. much for getting technical. Um, and the lady always felt like... Um, that discouraged a lot of people from buying her cigars because they thought they were old and musky and weren't right. But how many humidors do you ever go in and see plume on cigars?
0: Well, not a lot. And where you have to be careful with that is not every cigar will plume with age. They won't happen that way. Um, now, typically the safest standard on that is if anybody ever wants to argue this with me, I am deathly allergic to penicillin. If I think it's plume and I lick it and it's not, I'll be dead within about 10 minutes, right? Because penicillin is derived from mold, mold derogative will, I go into cardiac arrest, it kills me, okay? So I've done this a few times with people when they wanted to tell me it was mold. Uh, The largest thing that you'll know with mold, mold always has roots and mold is always colored on tobacco. Um, With plume, if it's white dots that are around it, if you take your finger and go like this, it's almost like you just vacuum there's no more white dot you're good right um also the biggest account for that if you walk into a humidor and it smells musty those white dots are not plume that's mold
1: yeah well i know one of those in our local area i'm not going to put it on the air but i think i've even mentioned it to you that that's it wasn't plume it was Mm -hmm there was moisture or something going on in those humidors. And I I was very uh, skeptic of what was going on in there, what we talked about afterwards, but I wouldn't put it on the air. But anyway, yeah. Uh, But the other thing too, is if these cigars are being turned, you know, quickly and the humidor is working properly, you're probably not seeing a lot of plume on your cigars because you're moving a lot of shit.
0: Well, yeah, in in, in some cigars, especially now with the way blending is, with the age of tobacco being put into cigars. So plume on a cigar, occasionally you'd see like one or two in a box, right? That you'd grab and it's just crystal as can be. And you're like, oh, shit. What that means is that means that all the oils in that tobacco have risen to the surface and they've met the humid air. So they crystallize Right? That means that cigar at that moment is in it's at the peak of its age, smoke the fucking thing. Right then and there. You buy it, you cut it, you light it, you smoke it. Go nuts. Right? If you ever go in somewhere and you open up a box and there's just white shit on every cigar, it just may have not turned blue or orange yet. You know, That's when you get wary. Because not every tobacco is going to have the lifeline to do that. They won't. Well, that's another question to bring up,
1: too, because now... I mean, how many cigars actually come in, what's the percentage that are unwrapped? You know what I'm saying now? What, I mean,
0: outside cellophane? Right. Oh, yeah, cellophane's gotten much more popular, and that's just due to distribution and shipping. But that's to protect protect the product, mostly. But
1: a lot of humidors have, I mean, how they display them, and now that I think about it, a lot of them are unwrapped. It's different being in cellophane to sitting
0: out there on on the deal too. Um, You know, it's actually funny you bring up cellophane. So that's what I I tell people a lot. When you look at a very old cigar that properly aged inside cellophane, you pull the cigar out and the cellophane is this brown yellow color. Yes, that lets you know that cigar is aged 100%. That cigar has done fantastic. Do you know where all that color comes from? The oils inside the, the cigar? The oil. So instead of the cigar pluming or it's being these crystalline features on the cigar and that cellophane, the cellophane's absorbing all of these oils. Those cigars <laughs> turn that, that paper or the the plastic into that brown yellow color.
1: You know, I notice
0: a lot of that color on one cigar in particular is the
1: Excalibur. Um, Hoyo de Monterey? Yeah. The Cameroons? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's the Camaro, but it's the Excalibur. I notice a lot of those, um, I've seen them where the wrappers are yellow. Because, I mean, how many times have we ever smoked an Excalibur? That used to be one of my go-tos early on in my cigar career. What do you keep looking at? It? The smoke detector. Oh, smoke detector?
0: Yeah. Oh. It doesn't pick up cigar smoke in my way,
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. I've just noticed it with that particular brand. I don't know why that would be any different. Maybe because nobody's smoking them and they've been staying there quite a while. Uh, It could be. I always thought that was a great cigar in my
0: early years. Um, I haven't had
1: one here of late, but um, anyway, get back to this um, chicken cock. This is really, for two years, it's a nice little sweet rye. And you're saying you paid twenty something dollars yeah, for it? Yeah, I want to say it's twenty seven, twenty eight I mean, somewhere in Somebody wants to that, get into a sweet rye and whatever. This is pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's 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 not bad at all. I think uh, it's actually really unique. There's not there's not a lot of crazy rye flavor to it. Like there's not a lot of spice. Well, I think the sweet of, overpowers it a little. Bit. Yeah, which is unique. And I mean it's it's. percent rye age two years i say anything crazy to me dude yeah kentucky straight rye whiskey straight does mean at least full mashville right yeah that's good all right well beautiful it's been a fun podcast uh we're gonna do what we normally do we're gonna kick back maybe have another drink cigar whatever hang out a little bit uh patreon thanks for hanging out and watching with us you guys want to catch the video of course patreon out um and oh, as always, shout out to Lit Cigar Lounge, our locker sponsor. Make sure you get in there. We've got some new, uh, some new fun lost and found and some cigars and stuff coming in there soon. So that would be pretty cool.
1: So if we are, are you filming? Yeah. So if you didn't think I was here, I am here. Because no one has seen me because of the big white.
0: Oh, he's there. They, they there. see you up there. You're right there. Oh. Yeah. Hello. I see your head and stuff. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> they
1: see the top. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But I've been... Pretty much it looks like a big
0: alexa or something here it's a massive alexa sucking up all yeah. of our good times yeah it's actually fun to watch it do it do it's pretty cool uh all right so this is the viking man mahalo guys thanks for hanging out with us we will see you uh next week for another podcast um stay tuned to the instagram at craft and puro uh we'll be throwing everything up on the patreon instagram stuff like that so uh from me we're out with the bourbon cowboy take us away and we'll shut this thing down and from the Bourbon cowboy listen
1: as always thanks for listening We always enjoy it every week, getting together with you guys and let us know how we're doing and what's happening. Giddy up, see you